All righty, back out of here on The Fan. It is overtime with John of the Beatle And now, let's get to The Fan Focus. All right, leading us off in the fan focus, we are going to Afternoon Drive. As the two of them talk to Andrew Barry, Andrew Barry mentioned how Jedrick Wills had his best year in a Browns uniform last season. The two discussed. This feels like a make-or-break year for Jedrick, and so it'll be interesting to play those words back in November if all of a sudden the same things happen in a much better circumstance to last year. Like, Jed was just not your biggest problem last year. If everything is going right and he's playing the same way, that probably will be your biggest problem in November. Well, you've talked about Jed a ton, and you've got concerns with that position. Interesting to hear him say that he thought he had his best year last year. Yeah, I don't. I, and we, you know, it, I mean, maybe it was his best year, but like it wasn't a great year. Yeah. Well, and I think the other big question is, do you see the things that, that fans on social media see? And he's never going to really say yes to that. But I think that's, I think the problem with Jed is he now has this tag in the minds of Browns fans that he doesn't, that he doesn't try hard enough or he doesn't try consistently. And I think when, when fans make up a decision and when media makes up a decision on a trait like that, it's really tough for a player to come back. Right. Now, in fairness, I'll be honest with you. I think Browns fans were wrong about Mitchell Schwartz seven years ago. Mitchell Schwartz was the perceived weak link on this well, offensive he, line. He, he was rough as a rook, right? Yeah. And then he turned into a really solid tackle. But I don't think, I don't want to say Browns fans. There was a segment of Browns fans that never forgot how rough he looked, and he became the poster child for, well, that's he's not performing at a high enough level. Yeah, I think that's what it was. I think he did. He became the poster child for, uh, we want to see more. We want to see you've disappointed us. And it felt like too many times he was highlighted for seeming like he didn't give enough effort on the field. And just for whatever reason, how that worked out with him, it just did. Ultimately, I do think he got... I mean, social media is really easy to highlight players that it seems like are lollygagging or maybe not giving it their all in every single play. Like, we just have too many people paying attention to those type of things. And unfortunately, Jedrick Wills came up too many times. Now, is that because he was lollygagging too much, or is that because other circumstances? When your production doesn't match what a first-rounder is supposed to match, uh, we're always going to lean towards the side of lollygagging as opposed to giving you the benefit of the doubt. All right, next up. Nick on the Josh Bell trade. These people, I'm never going to meet the people who stole Liz's debit card number. After this, it's frozen, right? The number was frozen? Yeah, they'll, yeah. they'll never be able to. She'll get a new number and everything. I don't condone what they did, but I don't know if I'm mad. I just have the question of how at this restaurant, this is a restaurant, if you look it up on Google, it is a restaurant that's right in the middle of a strip mall, right next to a convenience store. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of a hole-in-the-wall restaurant. And it's called Fireside, and they serve Jamaican food. And I'm looking at the pictures here. This food looks like some of the best food I've ever had. And part of me, I'm like, all right, at least you treated yourself to good food. I mean, I'm going to get my money back. I don't know if there's – I don't know how angry I am. I, mean, I, think they were, you, they, I figured you were going to want to go down there and, and take part. Is anywhere near Augusta? Like you could combine it with a master's it's, trip? Or? It's in the Atlanta metro. 
And if I, I, I mean, I was in Atlanta in May. I didn't stop in Atlanta. But I was in Atlanta in May, and I'm thinking, boy, if I'm never down there. Did you hold your card up to the window as the other cars drove by and maybe they wrote? No, there was no. There, uh, I was in rush hour in the morning in Atlanta. There is no messing around. They will dive bomb you at any moment. Look up this restaurant and tell me what you would eat on this menu. I mean, this all looks I strong. have the menu up. So when you said the number, 160, I thought for sure. It's well, they bought drinks. bucks at this place. They bought yeah. drinks, right? Yeah. There's no drinks on the menu. There's no booze the on this menu. The most expensive thing is a whole jerk chicken for 18 bucks. So they went and fed basically the entire group for 160 bucks. Yeah. On my dime, which isn't even my dime. Most I got- entrees are anywhere from 10 to $15. I got the money back from the bank. So so victimless crime here? I mean, if they bought that on Saturday, they're still eating on that on Tuesday on Tuesday morning. There's no box, way they ate all of it. Got to box some stuff up. Victimless crimes. I just there there's not a place in my heart for victimless crimes where I just I feel bad. I just don't. I'm like, "All right, so the credit card, I well, all right, here's what I do feel bad about. I feel bad about Ken and Ken's wife happened to go through that, even though it's nothing really more than just a, I mean, you call up the company and you say, you know, hey, somebody took my, somebody took my money, they refund your money, it's not really a big deal. And then this person then eats, this person then, and I'm not sticking up for the robbery or the, you shouldn't steal from people, obviously, uh, but if the big bank company is the only one that ends up losing money out of the whole ordeal, I'm not really that upset by it. You know, if I had my credit card stolen... And then, and then people bought food and they did everything like that. I'm not happy about it. It sucks. I got to wait for the card to come in the mail. I got to find a different way to spend money for uh, a week or so. But it's really not. It's really not that big of a deal. <laughs> it just isn't. I, oh, 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 poor credit card company. They're out, uh, you know, 1500 bucks. They, they'll make it up. No, nope. there are no crocodile tears coming my direction for them. They didn't say the name of the place in Atlanta. I wanted to look it up. I wanted to. I really badly wanted to look it up. But yeah, that's what you. That's what you would do in that scenario. I almost say that's what you do, as if I've ever done that before. I've never stolen credit cards. I promise. But that is what you would do. You would. You would. You'd buy. You know, three days worth of meals, right? If you're desperate enough to steal from people to begin with, anyway, then you probably need the food. You probably need what's going to happen for the next three days. So, uh, yeah, I don't. Don't blame it one bit. Now, should the Jamaican spot have owned up on any of this? I don't think they're responsible either. Somebody comes in ordering $160 worth of Jamaican food. You just make the Jamaican food and you move forward. A a gentleman's crime was occurred. That was what that was. Baskin and Phelps on the quarterback situation heading into Thursday night. It goes back to, actually, Dan, your Packer philosophy. Can you develop backup quarterbacks who might be coveted by other NFL teams? And if so, great. You should draft one, develop one every year, and then trade them or play them if you need to. So I'm I'm curious to see if that can happen. Also curious eventually to see what Josh Dobbs can do. Kellen Mond gets the start, however. And how many one, quarterbacks will they keep on the roster? I think that's three. Yeah, I don't know. Do you keep two and throw one on the practice squad? Keep two and keep and didn't they change the rule that you can have a third? You can have a third quarterback. Mm-hmm. Well, if the I, first I meant, two quarterbacks are hurt. I'm sorry. I meant three quarterbacks total. I don't think they'll keep four. And that includes practice squad. I'm going to talk to Daryl coming up in about ten minutes. I, I need to know more. I know a decent amount about Kellen Mond. I, we're going to watch a lot of this man. I want to learn a lot about him because it seems like he's going to take a lot of snaps coming up on Thursday. 
And I guess I got to find out what I'm into. I got to find out what exactly we're getting ourselves wrapped around into. So uh, we'll talk to Daryl coming up in 10 minutes with the latest around Berea and the latest around what you saw. Or rather what he saw, excuse me. Now let's go back to Nick on Afternoon Drive on the Josh Bell trade from today. If you had traded Josh Bell for another, maybe even an outfielder who wasn't very good, okay, there's a spot to help that guy reclaim, or if it was a better prospect. And all I ever heard about this Khalil Watson guy is, well, you know, he's one of the top kids in the 2021 draft. Yeah, and he's been injured, and he hasn't really performed where you need him to the last two years. He might have been good, but this isn't about the prospect. This is about you took a spot you don't have enough guys to make your everyday lineup with at first base, even a DH, a guy with a modicum of power, and you turn it into a guy who literally is one of the worst qualifying players in baseball from a war standpoint. All to save, hypothetically, because again, Josh Bell could go off a tear in Miami. He could end up playing so well, he opts hey, out. Miami's having a decent year, right? Yeah, they're, they're going for it. Yeah. So he's going to be in a pennant race. He, there's more talent around that offense. Like, I think you could see him sparking, and then they get out of the $17 million contract option because he hits the open market again next year. Like, I just I, I just don't love this deadline approach. I didn't hate it. I didn't hate the deadline approach at all. I, they won on all three moves. They got the better end of the deal on all three. I, I read something earlier, uh, and I, I had this for you guys in the opening segment. It, it's from a website, or excuse me, a Twitter. I did that twice now. A Twitter page that I like to visit to. It's called Baseball Trade Values. And it ranks whether or not the deal would be rejected or accepted by their model. And their model is basically whether it would be realistic as a baseball trade or whether or not it's 3 in the morning and you're drunk and you want to win an MLB The Show championship. Their model rejected the deal because Khalil Watson, they think, is going to be decent enough to offset a lot of this. But also, there's a lot there between the swap with Bell involved. Like They feel like the Guardians fleece the Marlins according to their projections on this. So I got to stand by it. I think it's an all right move. And I I don't see a spot where the Guardians have lost any of these trades, but I know it sucks because it feels like they're waving the white flag on the year. All right, lastly, we go to the morning show, Ken and Anthony, on the impact of the Greenbrier. Now we'll see if they if they win games, they'll definitely think it's a good idea. If they lose games and, and then Kevin Stefanski isn't here anymore, then I think they'll reevaluate. Also, you think about this. They were the Greenbrier for a week. They're going to go to Philadelphia for a week. And then, remember, they're there. I think that that kind of, that's going to put them, that's going to really test them and bring them together. Yeah, but the funny thing is, you just mentioned, you know, fans are going to do exactly what you said based Mm -hmm. on how they do this year. If they play really well, Deshaun Watson is Deshaun Watson again, top five quarterback. Mm -hmm. Fans are going to go Greenbrier. It's going to be like, no, Deshaun Watson. It's all everything is. It's funny. We don't do that with other teams. We don't say, "Hey, Jacksonville made the playoffs last year. Let's go look at their training camp situation." Like it is so silly. We only look for things that are happening internally. Yet we wouldn't assign the same rationale to other teams around the NFL. Well, which tells you that it doesn't matter. Yeah, them going to Greenbrier is not going to be the difference between whether they make the playoffs this year or not. All right. Totally agree, but everything is results-based on what we think is a good idea. You know, if they put, like, again, when they're going to change the midfield logo today, it seems, or they're going to re- unveil what they're going to put out there, if the Browns go out and have a great season, that people are going to believe that that's part of the reason for it. 
There are people yesterday who I was getting a suggestion from who thought that part of the reason the Browns struggled was because of the Brownie Elf midfield logo, <laughs> which is not true. But because well, and we associate zones, those things. But we, we've done this over the years. Every with the Browns jersey, thing. with that jersey for five years that they had. I mean, if they were a really good football team, I still think, honestly, those are not good-looking jerseys mm-hmm. over the course of time. But I think we would feel much differently about those jerseys than what we do. Yeah, I mean, if they go, if it goes well, they're going to convince themselves the Greenbrier, something that happened a month before they ever played a game, is part of the reason why. There's not enough that they did at the Greenbrier to convince me that it will be the reason why anything happens in week one. Forget an entire season. But yes, I think they love their time there. Who wouldn't? It's an it's adult Disneyland. It's a resort. Who wouldn't enjoy going there? Hey, how if they go if they win like nine games this year? They're like, we're going back to the Greenbrier. It's like, well, of course you are. It's a resort with everything you want. Why wouldn't you want to go there as often as possible? Yes, Stefanski's got this figured out. If this season goes well, he's got Greenbriers for the next decade. Good thing for him. All right, leave that there. We come on back. Somebody that spent the week at the Greenbrier, RB reporter Daryl Ryder will join us next right here on the fan.